Thank you for joining the podcast. I do realize there are so many options available and the fact that you chose to listen to this podcast means a lot to me. My name is Sharon Feckety. I am the host of the Dr. Whisperer Show. I am also the founder of the Dr. Whisperer. So basically, I am the Dr. Whisperer. We are going to navigate through the business of medicine together. We're going to feature some doctors, some healthcare attorneys, some patients, some practice managers, people that will help you navigate through this industry. So thanks for joining us. If you are enjoying the podcast and you think somebody else could benefit from it, share it with them or write a review or both. Thanks again. 2021, we're coming for you and we're going to get through this together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Very happy today to bring you Omar Fuentes. And I love nothing more than saying a name like Fuentes. <laughs> right? I don't know if I'm saying it well or I'm insulting your entire culture, but no, I, love that. I love anything that sounds like a song. And that's what your last name sounds like to me. That's awesome. I'm going to tell my wife that. So I'm going to say whenever she gets mad at me and she says my full name, I'm going to say, all you're doing is singing. Omar Fuentes. <laughs> it's beautiful. Awesome. Well, Omar is the CEO of Excel EQ, which is a virtual healthcare platform. Yes. And um, since we are discussing the business of medicine, um, I don't know a, a better way than to talk to a, a veteran, somebody that has served our country, a Marine, also yep. chairman of the Florida Association of Veteran Owned Businesses. Yeah, um, I'm all about veterans. So thank you for all that you do and thank have you. done and will continue to do. Um, I'm excited to hear more about you and your platform. So Omar, why don't yes. you tell the audience a little bit about you and your why to start this company? Absolutely. So again, Sharon, thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited. I've seen the other ones and we have a mutual friend that we were just discussing prior to recording. And, and it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's been Shout wonderful. Out to to- Sarah Connolly. Yes. Yes. So um, Sarah's been wonderful in my corner and in yours. So um, I'm glad that we're able to connect to here and now and have this conversation. So thank you for the opportunity. But yes, I love the way you actually say my name as well. Um, so um, Omar Fuentes, uh, CEO of Excel EQ. Um, so my, my, like you said, I was a Marine Corps veteran, did security forces, kicked down doors and kind of raided rooms and things like that, and never thought that I'd actually get into the space of healthcare medicine and now um, health technology. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, like you mentioned before, also chairman of the uh, Tampa chapter of the Florida Association of Veteran Businesses or FAVOB for short, because um, mm-hmm. that's a pretty long name. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, you know, the whole goal for, for me when I got out of the military was to truly make a difference. Um, and it really kicked things off for me because when I was in boot camp many, 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 many years ago, um, my father actually had a triple bypass while I was in boot camp. They did not tell me at all because that was actually one of the triggers that would allow me to go home and get out. Um, and, and most times uh, recruits don't come back. Um, and, um, and they actually purposely hid that from me. Um, and I saw my father when I graduated because he wanted me to, to complete boot camp. I saw my father, my family ran to me and I saw my father walk over to me. He was very, very, very slow. Now my father um, played soccer. He was a healthy guy. He taught me how to play soccer, right? Coached me. And so when I saw him fragile over to me, I knew something was wrong. And 
And that really kind of opened my eyes up to the healthcare space. So after I got out of uh, active duty and saw my father going through quite a bit of, of issues with his health, I just knew I wanted to continue down in that space. Um, I took a little bit more of a different path and um, worked for the large healthcare companies. And after 18 years with them, I decided to go out on my own, help employers to um, have accessibility to healthcare that's much more affordable. But then even in that, I realized um, in doing our analysis and, and, and taking a look at really just the history of things, um, that there was a lot of pressure on the medical professionals and that, you know, it really starts with them and that patient provider interaction and life cycle. So once the pandemic hit and we saw that it was much more necessary to support the medical professionals, um, I, I thought, let, let's go all in. And we started to develop our virtual care platform. So that's a lot that I regurgitated and kind of me in a nutshell. I like it. So you, um, to overuse the word like everybody else decided to pivot? Yeah, so, so, so um, that's actually a great point. And, and what I'll say about that is, so when, when we were evaluating exactly what we should be doing now and the shift that we should make, um, I realized that a lot of people utilize that, right? That it was a pivot, but what I really, in, in internal reflection or, or kind of, you know, emotional intelligence and things like that, right? I felt like the pandemic squeezed out of us what was already in us. And from, from my business and for me, it was innovation. And innovation is not creating something new, but it's actually enhancing something that's already in existence or maybe inserting something new into what's, what's already being. So I really felt like we were doing that. So we went from consulting employers to now while we still do that, um, our, our focus now has shifted to providing a virtual care platform that allows patients and providers to communicate much more efficiently, right? Through, through components like telemedicine, messaging, right? Documentation, sharing, things like that, so that we can deal with the less complex issues virtually and leave room for the more complex issues in office for the providers so that we can keep everybody healthy and safe. And then also um, really kind of depressurize the process that medical professionals are experiencing today. So great. So why don't you just walk us through a little bit what that looks like? Um, I'm Dr. Johnny Mo, and um, I'm I'm interested in acquiring your services, Mr. Yeah. So what does that look like? I want to want to visualize and I want to uh, paint that picture for the audience that's listening. How, yeah, how so different? I mean, that too, right? I mean, innovation. Um, we we don't have to recreate the wheel. We just have to make the wheel better. Yes. I've always felt that that wheel has been created a, a long time ago, yes. but we do have more efficient ways of doing things today, thank goodness, through technology. So let's, let's hear about how, how it goes from kind of A to F. Yeah, absolutely. So the way it would work is that, that you would hire a company to essentially be on the back end of, of your um, site or, or technological platforms that, should, that, that as a medical professional or physician, you're already utilizing. Um, and we're going to be inserting a few other things that will make life for you much easier, right? While increasing your RVUs or revenues per patient without increasing the cost directly to your patient. So the way it would work is you would be set up on our platform. We would be able to digest all of your patients into our platform, integrate with your ER, EHR, EMR, 
right? Um, and, and any other little nuances that, that we know that, that providers like to utilize, right? Including calendars and such. But what would end up happening then is that we would leverage a, a regular phone number as well as web chat uh, initially. So the way that the first interaction would be is announcing to all your patients that you have this new virtual care platform that you can interact with them on that's going to be um, uh, increased response times, right? And be able to address um, our daily health care needs much more efficiently. So um, let's say I'm your patient, you know, and I, I wake up in the morning and I have a sore throat, um, you know, headache, stuffy nose, low-grade fever. But in my medical records, it shows that I suffer a lot from allergies, right? So today, the pollen is high, right? So I wake up and I'm sitting here saying that I have a, a big presentation, you know, on Monday, I've got to feel okay, I've got to press forward, I pick up my phone, and I actually text message the provider's office, and I give them my symptoms. So I give your office, uh, Dr. Mo, my, my, um, excuse me, Dr. Johnny Mo, thank you, Johnny Mo, sorry, sorry, Dr. Johnny Mo, right? So, so Dr. John, I'm just going to say Dr. Johnny, because I actually like calling them doc by their first name, right? So, so Dr. Johnny, I message you, I'm giving you all my symptoms. Um, your office receives it. And what we want to do is we want to show them that they can leverage their advanced practice providers, right? Practitioners, APs, um, and, uh, you know, or, excuse me, uh, PAs and, and nurse practitioners, right? For the, the, the non-medically inclined. I know, I got I to gotta stop yeah. that, right? So we're talking about advanced practitioners. We yes. dare never call them mid-level because they are so far from mid that right. they are advanced. So right. uh, our nurse practitioner or a physician assistant, which it, it, a lot of people don't even know what that is, Omar, right? I mean, so that is like, it's like doctor and then they're right below and, and working together and they're able to write prescriptions yep. um, and, and really treat the patient mm -hmm. 360. Yeah. So they're able to, they're, they're acting just like the doctor, right? I mean, they're there, they're, they're their eyes and ears as well. And what ends up happening is essentially the MD oversees them, right? So we want to leverage that component, right? Or their, their skill set and have them work at the higher end of their education, right? And training. So now what ends up happening is you receive that message, you ask some clarifying questions. So let's say that it's that, it's that nurse practitioner asks some clarifying questions and they, and they, and they identify that in your medical records that you have allergies, they see that the pollen level is high. And then they basically say, hey, listen, you know, Omar, you're really having just, it's just your allergies acting up today. There's no reason to come in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to send some prescriptions that alleviate some of the issues that you're dealing with right now. And it looks like you're actually out of your allergy medication as well. Let me send that to your pharmacy. Um, if you have any questions or things get, get more complex, feel free to reach back out to us. Now, now, now the interaction is done. And the great news is that through our platform, how that benefits the provider or that provider's office is that we automatically um, document that interaction. So those messages going back and forth are automatically saved into the patient case file. So instead of a nurse practitioner or an MD, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I just want to make clear that, so everything in the chat um, goes right into their electronic health record. Correct. Yeah. So, so it automatically, because one of the issues that we're seeing is that these medical professionals and, and, and particularly even provide, you know, a, a primary care um, a physicians are, are spending, you know, 20 minutes plus on documentation per interaction 
right? And if they're seeing 20, 30, 40 patients a day, I mean, you're talking about hours upon hours of additional time, right? And we want to lower that time from instead of 20 to five minutes or less. So all they're doing is cleaning things up. So that, so you start, of course, I get excited when I hear text messaging, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, wow, that seems so easy and wonderful. Right. Does that text messaging always turn into a telehealth visit or can it remain a texting platform and then them able to prescribe something for the patient? Yes. Yeah, so, so what ends up happening is it goes immediately. So that's a great question. First off. So what ends up happening is that if one is you can, as a provider, you can actually bill for telemedicine visit through messaging, right? So there are actually specific codes from CMS that allow for that. Now it has to be an existing patient, but it, it can be done, but you can also leverage it. So it can be both. You can also leverage messaging just so that you can ask some clarifying questions. So what ends up happening is once you message, depending on the question, it'll go into a general queue and then someone in the office will be able to then put it into the appropriate queue to say, this is an administrative question or this is a medical question, right? right. And then now the appropriate people are, are you know, um, able to address that, that, that question or begin that, that particular interaction for a treatment. So let's break that down for everybody so they can really understand um, how this innovative technology can improve Hey, quick interruption on this amazing podcast, but we have to tell you about our awesome sponsor, Thai Technology. They are so cool, and they're here in Tampa Bay, if you're a Tampa Bay listener. Thai Technology is the best voice over IP business phone service company out there. How do I know this? I used to work in telecom before I worked with doctors. That's right. So I know me a good phone system when I see it. Plus, they are integrated with Zoom. They are the only ones that are integrated with Zoom. And if you mention this podcast or you mention the Facebook show, they're going to hook you up with three months for free. Follow them on Facebook and on Instagram. Thai Technology Rocks. Um, time management within an office. So what happens without your system? Mm -hmm. um, a patient calls in. They get the front desk person or no, they don't wait. <laughs> they get the automated attendant, right? Yeah, they right. press one for English, two for Spanish, Fuentes, who knows where you're going with that one. Uh, <laughs> and, then, That's true. and then it's like schedule a new appointment. If you're a doctor's office, you listen to all of that. And then, you know, for triage. So that would mean you want to talk to a nurse. You want to talk to, it's probably a medical assistant. It's probably not a nurse, just so you know, not there's anything wrong with that, but mm -hmm. you're not talking to um, a nurse, a registered nurse most of the time in a private practice. And then it goes to the human being. They answer the phone. They take down all of your information. Now they stop. And now they go and they talk to the physician. Right. Okay. And then the physician gives them the information. Now the, the, the triage nurse either takes them back from that hold that they put them on which more than likely they are not doing that. They have to call them back because the doctor's in a visit with another patient. And then they call them back and they let them know, this is what you're going to have to do, or you're going to have to come into the office. Mm -hmm. So there's so many inefficiencies. Right. In things are done today, which um, can be so frustrating for a patient that wants something as simple as a renewal of right. their allergy medicine. Right. 
Right. Um, and when you have gone through a pandemic, such as the one we're in right now, mm -hmm. you would hope that that technology and that practice is advancing to the time that we're living in. Right. And, and, and just to actually expand on it, our platform doesn't stop there. So let's say we thought it was allergies the next day you have now a high grade fever, your body's aching, you're in sweats and all these different things. We're in a pandemic. You you reach, right. So you reach out and you're like, Hey, let, do I need to go to the ER or, you know, what, which is another point, right. Is that a lot of, um, you know, issues um, that are dealt with the emergency room really aren't urgent issues and that your primary care can handle immediately. But so what ends up happening is you message back out to them, you give them the symptoms. Again, they ask some clarifying question. They say, hey, listen, it actually sounds like you may actually have COVID-19. I'm going to, you know, here and through the application, whether it's web chat or text, you will automatically get a schedule and say, can you come in at 930, 10 or three o'clock today? Select one. Boom. You got one. They'll immediately send you instructions on what to do once you get here. Drive in the car. Keep your mask on. Messages is here. We'll come out. We'll swab you and then, you know, you're on your way, so to speak, right? So now what we're doing is we're going from, we're escalating the issues. And what we're doing is we're mimicking like essentially IT help desk. So when you first have an issue, you don't go immediately to the guy that has all the certifications, been doing it for 20 years. You've actually going to someone who can handle um, kind of less complex issues, right? And then and it, it escalates accordingly. So if, if now you have an infection somewhere, whatever case may be, they're saying you got to actually physically come in now. Let's schedule that appointment, right? We can do that. And all those different interactions are what's automatically saved into the patient case file. And then afterwards, it's the fo automated follow-up as well. You know what I mean? Here's the treatment plan. Here's, you know, we got to schedule another appointment. So we're trying to get into a place where we're creating a, a, a tremendous amount of efficiency um, for the provider, but also greater accessibility to the patient. Omar, we're finally going to get rid of the humans. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's funny is that I haven't even gotten into the fact is that we're adding uh, decision tree and, and artificial intelligence to, to our platform. But again, the, the component is not to eliminate the, the, the provider, right? Which, which, <laughs> which I get, right? You know, um, I, I, you, you know, you see some movies and stuff where all of a sudden the AI actually seems to actually even be able to um, um, build up emotion, right? So that they can have the appropriate response given the certain circumstance. So Omar, I, I watched a robot deliver food into a hotel room because of, um, so the, the, an NHL hockey team, they can't go out and, and meet the Uber eats delivery driver. So the NHL paid for a robot and the robot came and I watched it through the people. Get out. Yeah. And it opened it up. <laughs> it came, took it out because he doesn't have to have any human interaction, no chance of, of transmitting any right. virus that might be floating around in the world right now. Yeah. And that's where we're going. So it's, I want to make a point by saying that if you are not, whoever's listening or watching today, if you're a physician or if you're a patient, you, you need to start, you know, thinking about the future that is happening now, not mm -hmm. 10 years from now. So there's when, when the pandemic started and I started really encouraging my physician clients to get like, just go telehealth, like, and mm -hmm. then don't go back because once the humans get used 
to the efficiency of technology and saving on right. gas and saving on driving and saving on sitting in the waiting room with miserable Mary that really hates you for being there. Sorry, Mary, but we know <laughs> you're out there. Yeah. And we don't want to talk to you anymore, okay? <laughs> we don't want to replace all the humans. I mean, I am kidding. I'm, I know There'll always saying. be a need. There'll always be a need for us to be able to let the robot in the door. But um, I really think that the efficiency um, is so warranted now. Nobody's going back. But I hope to God nobody goes back to the way it was before. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the cat's out of the bag already. I mean, even CMS has continued to extend and extend and extend these these lack of restrictions, so to speak, these HIPAA. Uh, restrictions for the platforms, right? I mean, I was literally co- talking to a pain management doctor and his PA was there or a physician assistant was there. And he's like, listen, I, as a pain manager, he's a specialist. So for me, I always see the patient, right? And that's exactly kind of how, you know, they, they comprehend everything. I'm dealing with the much more complex stuff. Everybody else in the office is, 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 is doing the follow-up and the, and the preventative and, and all that good stuff, right? So when I was talking to her, she's like, yeah, we still literally utilize Facebook Messenger to video chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just amazing to me. And it's astonishing that we haven't really, the innovation part for us is that we're putting everything that's already in existence together, incorporating or building them as modules and then incorporating what the provider actually wants to continue to utilize, right? And then inserting things that they're not doing right now, like the messaging like the transcribing of teleconferences or video chats. The great news is our platform allows for up to three people on a video chat. So that means you have the primary care, the patient, the specialist, primary care, patient, caregiver, family member, whoever that third person needs to be, right? PT, the the physical therapist, right? We're we're allowing for that. And guess what? Both providers will now be able to actually bill for that same interaction instead. Now, what does that do for the patient? These, these appointments were already going to happen, right? So they're going to the provider. Then they're saying, you got to go talk to this person. All right. And, and so on and so forth. So when, when it's appropriate and warranted um, to coordinate that care, they can do that. And what it, all it's doing is just saving time and money um, and, and really improving the quality of life of everyone involved to include the, 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 uh, provider, the medical professional. Yes, 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 yes. I love that this merges with the um, scheduling Mm -hmm. because that really takes a toll, you know, uh, just to find out where somebody's available in a slot. I mean, from somebody who's managed practices before, I mean, I I really understand the minutiae that goes on that need not be there anymore. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's it's scary to think that today that there's still even physician practices that don't have websites that are optimized for mobile. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Them too, huh? You know, it's, you have to accept what's happening today um, right. with technology and with this innovation. It's, it's great. And it's going to make everybody's life so much easier. Um, my question to you next is, does your um, software merge with all electronic health records? So the great news is that we'll, we'll go ahead and um, create an API to connect to them. The more complex, then that means we have to kind of, you know, evaluate how we can actually do that a little bit more. There is actually a company out there that we'll work with that uh, essentially it's a group of Epic guys. So Epic is another 
you know, uh, electronic medical record or health record for, for providers. It's so complex that they started their own company to be able to now integrate with third-party applications, which we would be that third-party application into there. So, so we will definitely do that. The more complex is, is of course, we'll, you know, we'll determine the cost of implementation and things like that. Um, but yes, yeah, so our, our whole goal is to create, um, I, I guess, to, 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 to be the connection point of everything that they want to do um, and make their life much more efficient. Omar, what has 2020 taught you? Every single person does the same thing when I ask them. They take Yeah, it. well, it's because a lot comes to my mind. So what 2020 has taught me, um, to be quite honest, is that... Um, the that that it's tough times don't last but tough people do I guess that's just the way that I can I can kind of put it um I, I mean 2020 by far was tough for everybody some tougher than others depending on circumstances and things like that right um it, it also forced us or forced me to be much more um emotionally intelligent so that I can understand what other people are going through and how that impacts them. So I love that answer. That's great. So Omar, in the show notes, we have all of your information where people can find out more about you, your website. Um, if I could give a small plug for um, just the veteran community in general. Oh, yes. Um, I, I do a lot of recruiting myself and I, I, I refer out to a lot of businesses. Um, that are veteran owned. I work very closely, obviously, you know, with HCC. I just signed up for some mentorship. You know, they always got me doing something crazy over there. <laughs> yes. I, do, I always say yes. I think it's so important um, that we give back. But if you really want to work with people that um, are loyal mm -hmm. and um, committed and sensitive <laughs> um, and empathetic then then you hire a, a veteran or you bring on a veteran to work with so um i appreciate all that you are doing um and especially because it's within this medical uh, world that i live in and have for many many years it's always nice to see people wanting to to help physicians make their lives more efficient so they can eventually get home to their families yes absolutely well thank you so much and again i had a blast yeah, it was really great. And we love Sarah Connolly. We're both going to give you a shout out right here on the show. Sarah, you're the woman. Right? If you ever need a great healthcare attorney, that is your woman. She, she is 100% the one. <laughs> Omar Fuentes? Yes, Sharon, I love it. You can't even say my last name. And there is nothing that is musical about it. So don't even try. I'm not going to. Yeah, good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much, Sharon. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a review or share it with somebody you know and care about that would benefit from listening. But more importantly, if you are thinking about advertising your business in the year 2021, sponsoring a podcast is major. 44% of people pay more attention to advertising on podcasts than any other media. And 37% agree that advertising on a podcast is actually the best way to reach them. 70% have considered a new product or service after hearing an ad on a podcast. And I'm one of those people. And this is all according to Edison Research. Don't believe me, believe the research. So if you're interested in sponsoring, give us a shout. <laughs>